0: Hey, y'all, you're listening to The Axe, a Texas conservative podcast. I will swing my axe. Don't let the flames go down. Call back some of that can live. There's
1: plenty of wood around. All right, welcome back to The Axe. It is going to be our two part texas 87th legislature special we are at the final stretch of the legislature here for for texas and we are going to kind of go over some of the bigger issues that need some light shed on them um the old man over there is is itching to talk about some stuff uh that's very important to conservatism and i guarantee it's some stuff that none of us learned in school and probably some of us don't really know the processes and that and that's okay that's why we're here with this show to tell you uh how your government is potentially going to take advantage of you or not so welcome to part one of the legislative special
0: uh yes it is everybody and uh i i'm I'm glad that you're listening i hope you uh enjoy the the acts as much as we do putting it on um yeah you know I, i i hate to be a guy that's that has to give a civics lesson uh, with uh, these podcasts because I, I feel like that should have been done by your government teacher. But um, uh, it is obvious that uh, a lot of people um, don't really know nor care about the inner workings of the state legislature, but I guarantee you care when they pass the law yes. that makes you do something you don't want to do or find you for something that you never were fined for yeah. before or that takes money out of your pocket because you didn't know what was going on. So I felt like part of cutting through the BS that the acts needs to do is cut through the BS that goes on in the state legislature. Now, um, our legislature is a bunch of Republicans. I mean, it's a majority of Republicans. Um, so I hate talking bad about any Republicans, but sometimes, you know, you need to say, Hey, look, uh, you know, if you're a Republican, you need to do what you're supposed to do. So we'll talk about some of these things. Um, And I'm not. I'm going to try my best not to get in the weeds of all of this. Um, So, as a as a framework for what we're doing today, the 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 the, um, Republican Party of Texas every year every excuse me every legislative session comes out with their legislative priorities. These are priorities that the are voted on by the. by the delegates at the state party convention. And those are adopted by the, um, by the state party in the form of a resolution. And then the state party tries to influence the legislature to pass what the conservative grassroots folks at the convention want them to do. Now, do you think that that's generally successful? If you do, you'd be wrong. Most of the time, if they get one out of three priorities passed, um, or f- then they they consider themselves successful. Bad. But
1: aren't they there to represent us and what we're what what we want? Aren't sure. they supposed to be there
0: to kind of push our stuff forward? Absolutely, absolutely. But and so you ask yourself, why don't they do what we ask them to do when they're Republicans and we support them uh, with our votes and our and our work? And I'll tell you the simple answer: Politicians are motivated by two things, fear and personal gain, okay? Uh, if they are scared uh, that you or your group will in some way impact their ability to stay elected, they will do what you want. But when they're not afraid of you because you really don't represent anyone or any group that can influence their out, the outcome of their election, therefore preserving their ability to uh, serve their self-interests, which is what politicians generally do, then they have no fear. So when they go to the when they go to the session, they collaborate with other republicans and democrats to get stuff moved through the legislature. It's a collaborative effort. That's the reason legislative politics is the most corrupt form of politics that there is. And so these guys get up there and they try to get their pet bills done and and they they go to these different legislators and they get them to sign on to these bills and things like that. Well, at the end of the day, what gets done is The legislators' personal bills—bills that they feel strongly about—and the and the bills that get the most political backlash. Now, uh, I'm going to use one of those bills as an example. It's it's a bill uh, called constitutional carry. That's the short title. It's I think it's called the Texas uh, Constitutional Carry Act or something like that. That's long. It's it's um, House Bill 1927. Uh, you probably heard a lot about constitutional carry. If you don't know what that is, it simply says if you're over the age of 21 and not prohibited by the federal law of possessing a firearm, you're allowed to carry that firearm with you on your person without a license of any kind. Now, first thing about that is it does not take away the background check that it re- is required that you pass before you can buy the weapon in the first place. So it doesn't do that. The Democrats like to make that sound like mm-hmm. that's what it is constitutional carry made it through the house barely and over to the Senate. And, and, um, what made the news was the, uh, Lieutenant governor said that he wasn't sure he had the votes in the Senate to pass it. And that of course got a bunch of people riled up and they started to really put pressure on the, uh, Lieutenant governor and the Senate. And guess what? Jing, They've referred it to a committee, and they're going to do everything they can to get it passed. Well, that means we're going to try to stall it out and see if we can put it off on the Democrats because some of our members really don't like it, and we have a really close number in the Senate, so we have to rely on Democrats to help us in some, in some instances. So I, you know, if I was a betting man, I would say constitutional carry is probably a 60-40 proposition not to get passed. Um, I could be wrong, and, and the political pressure that's going on in the, uh, in the environment right now is going to be very critical in whether constitutional carry gets passed or not. But that's a good example of a bill that would have died, absolutely died. Uh, the House pushed it out. The Senate was going was gonna, to uh, slow roll it until they it, until it hit the end of the session, and, and they would just say, wait, we just ran out of time. Now, for purposes of full disclosure – because I'm not running for anything, so I don't care. Uh, I don't support constitutional carry. Uh, as a former police officer, I just think it's antithetical to to public safety to have a bunch of people running around with guns on their hips. Okay, it's one thing if they've got them in their cars, which we already able, we're already able to do mm-hmm. that. We're already carry a weapon without a license in our vehicles. But when you start talking about going into the grocery store, and you got all these guys who have no no training. No uh, screening other than the than the um, fact that they have been convicted of a felony. And we don't know a lot about them. And here they are. They got their various hog legs running around. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a little unnerving for me.
1: And plus it takes away the, it kind of you know, when everybody can just have one and you think everybody does, it kind of takes away the seriousness of having it.
0: Well, and and but I will say that uh, on the opposite side of that, I was very much against open carry. Uh, I felt like that was going to be another thing where people were just going to be idiots. And I I, I want to honestly say that open carry was never what I as problematic as I thought it was going to be. I mean, I thought you were going to have all these people running around with their uh, with their quick draw, draw rigs on like they were in uh, in Old Tombstone, okay? <laughs> and, and and that never that never came to fruition and so I really I really honestly believe that there would probably be a f- not that many people who'd be running around carrying their guns uh, on their hips in in the in the local HEB if this passes so I guess I'm I can consider myself somewhat ambivalent but I will tell you that it's obvious that there is some there's some lobby that's putting a great deal of pressure on the Senate right now not to pass this. I don't know who it is, uh, but they are. And so <clears throat> that may be uh, an, an issue uh, coming up, okay? But it's, well, Constitutional Carry and its companion bills are a great example of what you can do as a group of people, just your average people, to influence legislation. You don't have to be a paid lobbyist. You just have to have a telephone and a computer to send emails, and you have to have enough people who care enough to get involved to do that. And this is really what this this whole podcast is about, and that is how can normal people who don't who don't involve themselves in the political process every day make a difference? Just like we can make a difference by voting, we can also make a difference with the state legislature. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yes, and I'm telling you, there are some people that are squeaking like son of guns out there. So before I get into get into these other. Uh, Legislative priorities. Let me tell you one that's not a legislative priority. It might surprise you. Um, If you own a home or any kind of real property, you pay property tax. You pay a large bit of property tax, depending on how much your property is worth. The majority of that property tax goes to your local school districts. Part of that goes to funding the interest and principal for loans, which are. School bonds, if you if you, they're not technically called loans. So part of what you pay is called the INS fund, which is the interest and in sinking fund in in a school district, and that's to pay your debt. So if you if you go out and you borrow eighty million dollars to build a, a a sports complex, then that then your your taxpayers pay that back through the INS fund. That's part of the taxes that's collected. The other Part And the largest part of what your tax money goes for as a property owner is called m and That's maintenance and operations. That's the money that pays for the custodians, the teacher salaries, the lights to be on in the buildings, the all the other administrative costs that go along with, with schools is the m and fund. That is about 60% or more of your tax bill when you pay your property taxes. For the last three sessions, Representative Phil Stevenson has introduced a bill to eliminate the M&O part of your property taxes and, and put that burden directly onto the state. Now, here's the way it works. The the state funds the schools through the permanent school fund on a pro rata share based on the students in your district, and that is... um. That's modified by whether your district is a rich district or a, or a poor district. okay? And that, that means that if you're a rich district, some of your school property taxes don't go to your schools. They go to somebody else's schools. That's just the way it works. It's under what they call the Robin Hood plan. It was a, law, a lawsuit that was filed back many years ago and settled. So, um, so what happens is <clears throat> you pay your property taxes. They go to your school district's. The state tells the school districts, you, gotta, you have to make up this much money. That's how they end up with their tax rates. Okay? The school tax rates are double what your tax rate is for the county. They, they're not capped in the same way. They are capped now, but they're not capped in the same way. And anybody who got tax relief last year will not get it again because it ran out because it, it, was, it was not a tax relief, it was a, a bait and switch, it was a dodge. The legislature put your money back in and paid down some of your taxes with it so you got some relief, but, but they did it because they couldn't, they couldn't pass a bill that was foundationally it, to impact your taxes, so it wouldn't live on. So this year they're not going to be able to put that money in there because they don't have it. So guess what? Your taxes are going to go up. Your property taxes are going to go up, along with the values on your on your property. Well, well, um, Phil Stevenson's bill, which is House Bill 288, for those um, looking at home, you can look that. You by the way, you can look that up, and we'll put a link to the um, to the bill search tool, uh, the Texas legislature, Legislature's bill search tool, on our Facebook page. uh, House Bill 288 would completely eliminate your M&O property taxes. The state of Texas would become responsible for all maintenance and operation funding of schools completely. Now, how is that going to happen? Well, uh, obviously, somebody has to pay for that. So every year, uh, Phil, who is a a CPA, by the way, and, and the only one in the legislature at this time, comes up with ways to try to make that as palatable as possible. And in this particular um, bill, he has uh, identified certain professional services, including CPAs and lawyers and others, that are not currently taxed with sales tax. So he says, okay, if we tax these people with sales tax on these legal services, then we would be able to make up the money that we need for to fund the schools. And Phil's bill also says, you take this money and you put it into this this fund, and you can't touch it. The legislature can't go there and get it for anything. It's only for schools. And it also sets up a rainy day fund so that any extra money that's collected goes into a fund that, that is there to help fund the schools when we don't have the tax sales tax collection needed to fund the schools. So you set up a perpetual fund that eliminates the largest part of the largest part of your taxes, on your houses. Now, as you can guess, all the Democrats oppose this, and the reason they do is because they say, "Oh well, uh, uh, you're you're uh, putting undue burdens on disadvantaged communities and all this stuff." Well, I'm not going to get into all of that, but I'm going to tell you that the, the here, if if you think, if if you think that that it should have been a priority of the Republican Party of Texas, it isn't. And the other thing, if you think that this bill is, is really a really good idea and it should be moving through through the House of Representatives, let me tell you this. It was filed in March. It was assigned to a committee in March, and it has never had a hearing in the committee. It's never been voted on by the committee. It's never been voted on by the House. It will likely never move through the legislature. So you, the, the possibility... of of an elimination of a large part of the taxes you pay on your house or your property is never gotten off of first base. That's just disappointing. And, and, and so people say, well, why is that? I mean, you know, how many people own property in Texas? I mean, let's face it. Property owners have been saddled with the, with an undue burden for as long as I can remember, certainly as long as I've owned property. And as my, my producer mentions many times, I'm old very so uh, it's it's clearly an unfair division of responsibility in the taxes okay property taxes should not be used for what they're being used for now i don't dispute the need for property taxes to fund counties and county services as people you know that's i get that that's you know that's to me is essential but when it comes to the schools there's a division between the state and the and the local jurisdictions and frankly it's an unfair division and um, I, uh, I personally think that it would be a wonderful thing for us to have something like Stevenson's bill uh, signed into law because it would take the burden away from us. Now, um, I, my personal um, preference would be to utilize the sales tax, uh, increasing the sales tax, okay, um, on average, homeowners would benefit because you would never spend as much on the extra sales tax as you spend on your property taxes. So that's number one. But the thing that really makes that the best idea is that that more of the people who benefit from schools would be paying that tax. So let's say you lived in Section 8 housing and you were on welfare. You're not paying into anything no. as far as the property taxes go. Like they say, well, you know, apartments have to pay property taxes and that's the way their their tenants Contribute well. That's not that doesn't work like that. The the the, the overwhelming number of people in the apartments, okay, uh, are nowhere near what the apartment complex pays. Mm-hmm. But if you say you have someone who pays no tax whatsoever on anything because they don't pay income tax for the most part, they don't certainly don't pay sales tax or they don't pay tax on on um, on rent or whatever. They and they have three children in school by virtue of the sales tax that they would pay on the big screen TV that they can afford to buy because they're not paying for anything else, that sales tax would go into funding schools. And I think on the, in the big picture, that's fair, but, but Republicans don't like the idea of being the guy that raises taxes. So so that's probably never going to happen like that. But, HB 288 is a bill that you should be concerned about if you own property because that bill could really make a, a meaningful impact in your bottom line Yeah, and it's never going to see the light of day which is more and more important for
1: us young folks as we start to get into buying properties and having families this stuff matters yeah this stuff matters for for your for your taxes but where you know with the type of education and quality of educational facilities that your children will have yeah um by just what raising your sales tax a couple
0: pennies uh probably that not an, even a, a probably just a penny would be so
1: a negligible amount of of stuff though you don't even realize that you pay
0: no you don't you, most people don't know how so much So that's why
1: costs. it's important to get some buzz behind some of these bills um and talk to the right people and to stay active because it does matter and it, it may not be affecting you yet but it will I, my favorite thing with the young people is especially with this last one was you know um uh, uh land doesn't vote people do you know i mean meaning if just because you own a bunch of land or you you know you're in a different or you're in a bigger tax bracket or whatever doesn't mean your vote matters more to me the person who owns more of texas should their vote should in fact matter more than the guy who lives on the sixth floor of a stacked up apartment who doesn't own anything to his name well um, and, and but even then that's it's part of this trick for young people where they 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 want us to believe we're not qualified for that eight hundred dollar a month mortgage. We can't get that. And we can't we can't get involved in this in schools and all this stuff. We can't get that. But we can afford the twenty five or the twelve hundred dollar uh, a month rent within you just sign up. You oh, just yeah. sign up. You get you can have twelve hundred dollar a month rent.
0: Oh sure. Well, and I think, you know, that's a good example because I know you personally uh, experienced this and and, and um uh, and when you look at you're paying, you know, 1200 to $2,000 in rent. And then you can go and, and buy a house for more than less than half of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what, what most young people when they're buying houses will, will never really realize is that they're, you know, your mortgage company escrows your taxes. So when you're paying your, your mortgage, which is much less than what you were paying mm-hmm. your rent, it's going to do your taxes. Too, it's helping. You know, it's putting money away so that, that your mortgage company can pay your taxes because you might not have the money, and they don't want your house yeah. getting foreclosed on because it's their 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 loan. And so, uh, so here's the thing: if you own a house today, look at your your look at your tax statements. You you get them in the mail. Look at them. Look at how much of it goes to schools, and then look at what goes to M and O. What the what the number is, and then the same thing is if you don't own a house, let's say you're renting, but you're thinking about buying one, go to your parents or go to your, one of your friends that has a house and ask them if they would let you look at their tax mm-hmm. statement. Maybe find somebody who has a house very similar to the one you're buying and look at what what's what's the tax, and, and and see if you had that money back that you didn't have to spend on your house payment. What would that lower your payment to be? Mm-hmm. Let's face it, we we all have, been, uh, everybody's enjoyed. Lower interest rates, which means everybody could buy a house bigger than what they normally could buy because the interest rates were so much lower. Well, that's going to stop someday, Mm -hmm. folks. It's stopping soon, Yeah, And so pretty soon, people are going to be paying a lot more for interest. Therefore, they're going to be buying smaller houses. And things like taxes are going to be important. They should be important now.
1: And this is a good segue. I think we can knock this, this out on this first half of the legislative special with the Axe podcast. Uh, is going into, you know, younger people are coming up and realizing how different things like your property taxes or things that government does or doesn't do affects you and your family. Um, because we're not the kids anymore. We're mom and dad now. And, and so now going into this, you know, with the stuff about abortion on there and, uh, the gender modification in children and all this stuff, you know, that's, that has an effect on the family. Which has an effect on our society, which has all these ripples effect. And it happens in different cultures or different, um, you know, different classes of people or whatever. But the same, it happens everywhere with this kind of stuff. Abortion definitely is affecting everybody. Uh, Gender modification and all that is definitely affecting anybody. Um, And, you know, this affects your family. This is going to even go into schools. This is going to go into how wh- what bathroom does your kid need to go into, and who else is going to be allowed in there? This is all stuff that comes from from getting legislation like this, right?
0: And 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 I will say that we don't have a bathroom bill out there to, in this session that I am aware of, but we do have a uh, we have a number of gender modification bills. In fact, there is twenty eight bills that are filed in the House right now, both Senate uh, both uh, in the Senate and the House, and the Republican and Democrat party have filed twenty eight bills that have to do with gender. Uh, and um, I will tell you that two of the Democrat bills have been uh, referred to to uh, calendars and consent. So that means they're going to the uh, floor for votes. These are bills that I think are probably pretty. I mean, I don't think they're controversial in as much as they are saying you can't you can't discriminate against a person, uh, you know, a gender modified person as far as housing goes. Um, some of them are a bit more radical than that, but I think for the most part the Democrat bills have failed in committees. Uh, but, 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 if, but if you think that's not fair, um, probably more of the Republican bills have been stalled in committees than Democrat bills, so it's not necessarily all that lopsided, although I think it should be. Um, but the big kahuna in gender modification, now l- let, me, let me give you a quick understanding of why this is a big deal. Right now, in the in the in the legislature, and this is one of the RPT's um, uh, legislative priorities. There are people in our society today that are taking their five and six year old children mm-hmm. and having them chemically castrated because they believe that these children, who have no concept of sexualities, are showing signs that they wish to be another gender. Now. There are people out there that would uh, would likely argue this point with me all day long, and and I would just basically have to just say, I'm sorry, it's no reason to argue this point because you, if you believe that this is a right thing to do, you're an idiot, and 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 you should be, you should go to a mental modification <laughs> surgery, so because there is no there is no concept in 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 humanity that that suggests that a child of 5 or 6 years old or even 10 years old for that matter could make a decision for themselves like that and parents are their job is to take care of their children and this is not a way to do that so it's uh,
1: hard for me at 25 to figure out what i'm going to eat for lunch every day uh so i'm not sure how how well, children are making these decisions
0: So, uh, the, um, the, the RPT and others in the legislature felt like this was something that we needed to address because people were making these decisions and and for these Mm -hmm. kids and there was no way to protect those kids from that. Yeah. And they don't ask for that. No. So the, the big kahuna bill, which is uh, house bill 1399. Um, if anybody knows about the big kahuna. Yeah. It's Dave. Yes. Right. Um, (laughs) That uh, that bill has escaped committee and has been favorably reported out and is in calendars right now. That has to go to the floor for a vote and then over to the Senate for reconciliation, and uh, hopefully it will become law. But that's where we are on that. I don't know the other 28 bills. I looked at them briefly. None of them were earth-shattering in their re- in, in regards regards to gender other than they were, they wanted to give more special rights. The Democrats wanted to give more special rights to, to transgender people. And these are rights that they have normally. So um, I think a lot of those are going to fail, uh, but 13 house bill, 1399 is the one that, that would prevent a doctor from making either chemically castrating or, or giving an, a gender change surgery to a child. Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, which includes opposite, opposite, sex hormones, which is something that's, that's been done. Uh, reassignment surgery, uh, chemical castration. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a litany of horrible things. And so hopefully that uh, house bill 1399 will pass. If that is an issue that you, you find important, if that is something that you want to get past, Look up HB 1399 in the computer and and make some calls to the Senate committee that will be hearing it. Make some calls to the calendar consent committee. Send them emails saying, get this bill on the floor. So they don't stall it because mm-hmm. that's where bills die is the calendar and consent committee. So uh, but, that, but that's that's an example of of an important issue that may or may not be resolved in this legislative session if people don't get involved.
1: Yeah, and this is also I want to also make this point for, for my younger crowd and everybody. I'm a young conservative. There are people out there who who do struggle with who they are, with how they feel and their mental every day. I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. But I will tell you this. We're talking about doing this to children. Yeah. Okay, so it's totally different. If, if, if the man himself, gold medalist winning Bruce Jenner, wants to go and convert, he made that decision. He owned up all the struggles and all the backlash Absolutely. that he would do, and he did that for himself. There right. are people who I've worked with side by side who I knew and they knew from day one. Uh, something ain't right with me. That doesn't make him a bad person. They were great to work with. They contributed to society just as I was. And when they were of the proper age and everything and had their finances straight, they said, I am making this decision for myself. This is how I've always felt and I'm going forward with it. And there are people who think conservatively who can make the change, who can be homosexual, who can be different religions even, that can think conservatively. Um, and this is specifically talking about children. Children, people who don't ask to be born but are born, who don't, have the mental capacity or anything to make these actual factual decisions on how they feel or be able to process any of this stuff that's what this is fighting against
0: absolutely and let me tell you um, two things uh, as a conservative um, i um you know I, I sometimes struggle with this but at the end of the day uh, i i believe in liberty a hundred percent okay and liberty says that if you if you are of the age of consent. If you can make the and and, you, and this is what you want to do, then we need to stay out of your business. Okay, we need to stay out of your business. Government needs to stay out of your business. But when it comes to kids, yes, kids who can't make decisions for themselves and are at the total mercy of their parents, that's something where and gover- oftentimes government needs it's an
1: adult stay. that can't even make decisions
0: yes. enough for themselves it's so,
1: making these. So that's that's where I I am fully behind. Uh, behind that you
0: know well not- and and this another thing in this case in this particular case a lot of this business going on right now the reason it's so popular right now and there's a there's a syndrome called munchausen's by proxy and that's where a parent will do things to their child to make them sick so that they can get the they yes. can get the uh sympathy from people about how sick their child is it's a horrible disorder it's a mental disease well, there's been movies about it right well the, the 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 point of fact is the people who are doing this right now are they they have that particular syndrome but instead of making their child sick because of all of the the um because of all of the 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 Attention that's being paid to transgender issues right now. These parents are using their children in, as pawns to gather their own personal mm-hmm. affirmations from other people. So they're they're sacrificing their children's real lives, right? So that they can look good amongst a group and of this, people yeah, as being virtue. They're virtue signaling. Only they're using your kids' lives. At
1: regardless, it. I whether it's your child or not, you know, that's going to be a human being. And you can't, some of the stuff's irreparable. You can't get it back. You can't undo it. You know, there's going to be damage caused to that person for the rest of their life. And that's something that you got to think about. Because when they're old enough to do that decision, like some parents that I know always say, well, you're an adult. (laughs) And that is what it is. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I think that definitely with the kids, it's, there's, you just can't mess with that. You just can't mess with that.
0: Well, it, it. I tell you what, it looks to me like we're about done with um, part one of our um, legislative session um, podcast. So I uh, hope this was interesting to you because we've got one just like it coming up. That's right. It's going to be uh, posted we're gonna, right after. We're going to talk about electional integrity, religious freedom, taxpayer-funded uh, lobbying, and the evil abortion, and school choice. That's right, that?
1: which are all the heavy hitters. So if you like this one, make sure you come back because we are still chopping away through all the bullshit here on The
0: Axe. And don't forget to share. I will swing my axe Don't let the flames
1: go down Combat some of that-